Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Today on the podcast, we have Jackie Johnson, the hot tub lady. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, it's really great to have you on, like the two hot tub podcast ladies. We're, we're here. We're, we're <laughs> ready to go. Together at last. This might be a little weird. I always hate it when I go on other people's podcasts because I like to be the one asking the questions, not the one having to answer them. Is that going to be a little weird for you, do you think? It might be a little bit weird for me. And if I take over, just reel me back in. But I'm very relieved that I don't have to worry about how things are looking, what how stuff sounds. This is all on you. You get to handle it all. And that just takes a lot of pressure off of me. So I really yeah. like that. That is nice. I agree that you can just come on and then leave it and you never have to think about it again. That is... I never have to think about it again, yeah. so, which is awesome. Maybe share yeah. it on my Facebook page. But <laughs> There <that's>... you go. <laughs> so if you do not know who Jackie is, she does Hot Tub Talk with the Hot Tub Lady, a podcast. She also has the YouTube channel, The Hot Tub Lady. And how long have you been doing this now? So I started with the, like the YouTube stuff and that type of stuff thing mm -hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. So it was like 2018, 19. If you go to my YouTube page, it goes back to clear back to 2007, but I didn't really get serious about it until about July of 19. Would that have been when the pre-pandemic, but yeah. yeah, but it was, and what had happened is we were just getting busy enough that I wasn't able to get to customers. I just, I couldn't tell them how to run their hot tubs. I couldn't do all the things that need to happen to, to answer all their questions. So I just made a quick video because it's the same questions over and over again. You know, how do you fill it? What do you do this? Where's your pH and alkalinity supposed to be? What's the startup? I'm scared I'm going to mess it up. Just all the things. And so I just made a video and it was just basically an orientation video. I just sat in front of a hot tub and I told everybody everything that you need to do, everything that you need to know when you first get a hot tub. That somehow in the middle of all the pandemic and everybody getting hot tubs and nobody knowing what to do blew up. And I don't know pandemic started in in February and by July of that I was ha had over like 150,000 views on that one video. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, there's a need for this." And yeah. yeah, so I just decided to start did some research, how do you do YouTube? What are the things that you need to do? And the big thing there is just answer specific questions. And as we all know, there are so many specific questions and they're so simple. And we don't think anything of them being retailers. We mm -hmm. Doesn't everybody know this? But we got to remember that we speak a foreign language. What we talk about is not what the average consumer talks about. And yeah. when you start saying things like alkalinity and pH, it's just they have no idea of what that yeah. means. So it's really important that we just very slowly start answering questions. So I just kept answering those questions. And then I was following somebody on YouTube, a real Think Media. They're a great place to go if anybody's looking how to get started, but they're a great source of knowledge. And I started following them. They're like, oh, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast. Why, <laughs> what, what can I talk about for an hour on about hot tubs on a weekly basis? And Anyway, I decided just to jump in and do it, and I did it more to grow the YouTube channel. Anyway, the podcast on its own ended up taking off, and in two years' time, I had 10,000 downloads, and I it's just a, I just talk about hot tubs and how to take care of them, so it's just, it's yeah. been really fun and a, and a good thing to do, so. Yeah, no, it's great, and it's something that's been needed in our industry for a long time as someone who's talking to consumers about this stuff, and I think that individual retailers do that with their customers through whatever means they're doing it on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all of the mm -hmm. things. But there's something to be said for having someone who's somewhat neutral. I know you you work in a store and you do sales, but like your online presence isn't necessarily about a certain brand or a certain store or a certain retail location. And I think that makes a huge difference. And I've tried really hard to just try to help everyone 
It's difficult at times because, of course, I have my favorites and there's things, but it's just everybody has the same questions, whether they bought it online, whether they bought it for my competitor, they just don't know. And so I Mm -hmm. have tried to keep it very neutral and tried to become somewhat of a viral sensation, which is hard to do in this industry, but it's been fun. And people are just looking for questions to their answers or answers to their questions. Mm -hmm. And if we would just do that, just more people need to do it. And even if you're just doing it locally, and I do, I agree with you, I do think people are doing it to a point, but I think there's a lot of retailers and a lot of dealers out there that are not necessarily serving their customers completely. And I think that's true just with the amount of followers and support that I get that people are just looking for questions and looking for answers and they're going to the internet to find them and that's where it's at. So the more content you can get out there, the better off you're going to be. It's, it's going to help a ton. I feel maybe my millennial is showing a little bit, but if I can find something without having to talk to another human, mm-hmm. that's the way I'm going to do it. Like I will do anything before I have to pick up the phone and call somebody. I just hate it so much. And I've always hated it. Like even when I was a kid and the internet didn't really exist, like I hated calling to order pizza. Right. (laughs) I just hate that so much. And so it's text, great. Chat, great. Just Google search, great. But do I want to call you? Absolutely not. (laughs) And I I would agree with that 100%. And even because I am on a retail floor, the people who call are definitely our older demographic. They're the people that are like, hey, I I can't figure out how to fix this. And they just want you to come handle it. Mm -hmm. Whereas our younger demographic... We they'll either text us or they very rarely call. They'll shoot us an email or an online form. You you are correct. They don't want to call and they don't want if they want to find a, the answer themselves. So it, yeah. the more again, the more content we get out there, the better off the whole industry is going to be. Do you have any theories as to why that is? Why do you think we hate talking on the phone anymore to people? I think. Um, do you think it? Do you think it? It feels, even if it's not true. I think to me it feels faster, maybe. I think it's faster and I think people, and this is just a theory on my part, but I think people don't want to sound like they don't know what they're talking about. And it's easier for them to hide behind a computer screen or a text message than it is to actually get on the phone and be like, I don't understand why I just clean my hot tub filter. Why is it shutting down? And thinking that they just clean their hot tub filter in October and it's now January and they need to clean it again. They don't want to get the scolding if that makes sure. sense. Okay. And yeah, that's, I don't know if that's correct or not, but I do think that's the theory on that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. None of us want to sound like we're dumb. <laughs> and when you start to talk about water care, like you say, you start talking about sanitizer and alkalinity and pH, those words are intimidating. They're extremely intimidating. They're intimidating to my employees. It just, it is a foreign language. And I've started doing this clear back in the late eighties and there was way better training back in those days than there is today. Really? I, I very much think so. I think there's more tools out there now that, that train people and there's people figure out ways. There's a lot of online stuff and ways that people figure it out. But I do feel that the training way back then was better. And maybe it was because I didn't know anything back then. And it was also new. And I just felt like I learned something every time something great happened. But I just, I don't think the technical stuff that I learned back back in the late 80s is, it's not relevant anymore. We no longer need it to, nobody wants to know why their hot tub's out of balance. They just want to figure out how to balance it. Nobody wants to figure out what the two and a half horsepower pump is. They don't want to know why it's leaking. They would just want to know how to fix it from leaking. So okay. that's just as, as a whole, even even on the sales side of it, we sold features and now you sell benefits. And I think that makes a big difference. So. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. As much as you, I think that's probably the correct way to do it is to sell the benefits. But mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah, you do lose something when you stop talking about some of those actual technical features. Educating your customer and educating yourself. And as far as a salesperson or a water lab person or something along those lines, when you have the confidence to you know the answer and when you get tech, or that one customer that comes in that is actually going to test you, that has done enough research that they want to know if you really know the answer and you have that confidence behind you to say, oh yeah, this is why this happens, it makes all the difference in the world. And I just don't, it's really hard, especially on, on my, on the younger employees to get them to 
do that on their own to, sure. to dive in and do the research. So to teach it, it's something that you have to go into. On the same note, your customers do not want to be overwhelmed with information. So you got to figure out how to know it without over explaining it and mm -hmm. keeping it short and simple and sweet. Yeah, that's the thing that I feel like about water care and about chemistry in general. I feel like if you stop worrying so much about what this word means and what that word means mm -hmm. and you just listen to what they do, it's it, that's when it clicks for me. I don't know. It was honestly like when I think back to college chemistry, I remember having that conversation with myself. Stop worrying about you don't know what polysaccharide means, right? Stop worrying about the word. Just let's think about what it does. And I think there's something about the language of it that just is that is just completely overwhelming. And so I love that about making it simple. And I think that's part of it is, OK, this is what this means. Let's stop worrying about what alkalinity is. And this is what it actually means and what it means to your hot tub. And just stop. We can just stop there. <laughs> right. And when you start presenting it in that way, shape or form, then people, they resonate with you and they're like, oh, now I understand mm -hmm. versus you going into all the yeah stuff and start saying words like alkalinity and reagents and yeah. this and that and what alkalinity increasers actually made of and and way back when, that's that was the training that you got was mm. you had to know the ingredients. Nobody cares what the ingredients are. They just want to know how to fix it. Yeah. It's funny is that I can see what you're saying now as far as the education, maybe not being that in-depth because sometimes I ask those questions because I want to know those answers. And people either don't know or don't want to tell you, which is, I find, but they probably don't know now that you're saying that. It's probably outside of their scope. They know what it does and they know how to use it. And they don't really know what actually goes into it. And here I am coming in with my full nerd and I want to know all, everything, the ins and outs, the, absolutely everything that goes into it. And they're just like, you don't need to know that. If you know it and you can explain that to a customer, that one out of 30, 50 customers that actually mm -hmm. wants to know it, then you just become that much better serving and helping your people. Sure. And that makes a big difference. So. Yeah. So how did you get into the hot tub industry? Like you uh, said, what, since the, the late 80s, is that when you started? late 80s. I, yeah, I actually married into it. Ah. My uh, first husband, he's a great guy, still good friends with him. He's still in the industry today. We still work in the same building for the same company. And he... That was just the job he got right out of college and we got married and I moved from Western Nebraska to Eastern Nebraska and he was in it and I wasn't actually working for the company at the time, but I was involved sure. and he was doing all kinds of training and that type of stuff. And then we actually got a hot tub ourselves in, in our own backyard. And so I had to start learning a little, a few things here and there and I actually worked at a restaurant across the street from his business. And so I was over there like all the time. And so that's how I got, got involved. And then in 2003, he and I, we opened our own hot tub store in Norfolk, Nebraska. It was called Funwater Hot Tubs, tiny little thing, but we had so much fun and we did so well. And then 2008 happened and we ended up moving to Sioux Falls, both of us did, and started working for Combined Pool and Spa, started working for the Junk family. And we had known them through Caldera and all the events that, that are going on and just had become really good friends with them. And we started working for them in a period when nobody was hiring hot tub people, because in yeah. 2008, nobody was hiring, but they were nice enough to give us a job and... I've just been with them ever since and it's been so much fun and they're just great people to work for. Yeah, I started in the industry in 2008. It was my first Oof. job out of grad school. Um, yeah, not a great time to be looking no. for a job at all, a job in journalism <laughs> or in the hot tub industry, which I wasn't looking for a job in the hot tub industry. I was looking for anybody who would take me. But yeah, I need tales all this time. Haven't left. So <laughs> right. Uh, once you're in, you don't, yeah. you don't get out of this industry. That's what That's they say. Sure. So far, it's held true for most of the people that I know, at least. Yes. If you're any good and you know your stuff and you get passionate about it, for sure. Someone like yourself, it's you're you don't get a leave. It's which, and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. You're selling a giant bowl of medicine that makes people feel better. And why would I want to do anything else? There are days, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there, there it, we all have our days. That's for sure. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so Tom Junk, an early guest on the Spa Retailer podcast back in the very early days, definitely someone well-known, known to the magazine and even our little podcast. You talk about, you, you just started doing these to help your customers, but it's kind of obviously 
obviously it's it's grown into its own thing. How do you plan out what you're going to do, what you're going to talk about, who you're going to have on? Like, how do you go about that now? It's so this year's been a little more difficult because I haven't been on the sales floor this year. But in the past, what I've always done is what question keeps coming up on the showroom floor and because it comes up every single day. And so that's made a big difference. I am going to be back working with the customers more. And I think that's going to make it a lot easier for me to figure out exactly what to talk about. But there's some really new stuff coming out. I probably can't go into too much detail, but a lot of the manufacturers are- Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. It's super exciting. (laughs) And I can't wait for that to hit because Uh, that's going to be a game changer, a game changer within the industry. Yeah, actually. So this isn't going to come out until like official release. So we probably can go into it a little bit. We've got that cushion of a couple of weeks where it's officially official. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome because my podcasts are all live. So I have to be careful on what I can talk about and what I can't talk about. We got some time on this one, but, but yeah. So Watkins is coming out with their IQ system. I know. And I am so excited. It's been something that the industry has needed for so very long and it, where it's going to just take, tell you what needs to happen. And it's, been such a need and I'm so excited to actually try it and and get it. But that is going to be a topic of podcast for me once a month for the next 12 months for sure. Because customers are going to have questions. I'm going to have questions. I already have questions. And so that'll be something that'll be super exciting. So I can, for me, it's really because I'm a user, not only do I sell and have questions, but I'm a user and I I know everything. And like the podcast I'm going to shoot later today is I'm going to talk about because it's been so brutally cold, how to take care of your hot tub during this crazy cold weather. Yeah. The salt systems and the new stuff and the cold plunges. And it, it's just, a, it's, I take it day by day, but it's the customers do tell me what they need to hear. Yeah. So yeah. And that's how I do it. And then of course- your your AI tools are a game changer in the world today these days. So really, what are, what are, what are you using AI for? Um, your you know, if I get if I get stuck, I'm like, what am, what am I going to talk about today? I'll just ask it. Be like, what do hot tub people want to hear about today? I literally ask that question to the AI, and it'll give me 17 ideas, and then I just go from there. And you have to work it from there, but it well, gives you yeah. It gives you a topic, which before I had to just come up with that on my own all the time. I have not used AI for that yet, but now I'm going to give it a try. Because, yeah, coming up with the ideas, that's sometimes the hardest part of the Mm -hmm. job is just figuring out what you're going to talk about. So I love that. I'm going to give that a try. We've used AI to like rework things or if I have total Mm -hmm. writer's block, it just gets you started. Like you said, it doesn't. I think people are always like worried that AI is going to take over people's jobs, but it's, have you used AI? Because uh, yeah. we're a long way from that. <laughs> yes. You have to know what you're talking about because yeah. if you don't, it, it's, yes, you, you still have to know what you're talking about. But sometimes, like, like you said, with the writer's block or the, I just ba- banging my head up against a wall trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about this week. It's really good for that. How do you manage doing this as well as working your, you know, quote unquote day job, it's, it's time consuming. It's not something that you can just do on the fly, really. No, my side gig is a 30 to 40 hour a week gig. It's, it very much is the, again, there's a, we were talking about just programs that we use earlier that have helped cut that down quite a bit, but a hundred percent. And not only do I have that? I also right now today, I have an hour and a half commute one way. So I've got 13 hours a week in the car. And then I've got, which actually helps because then I actually brainstorm ideas as as I'm driving. And then I have the full-time job and then I have this. And so it's, it's been a challenge to say the least, but Mm -hmm. it also keeps me motivated, gets me up in the morning and gets me going. And again, like I said, this year, I haven't been on the floor so much, but with that being said, and I have found that I'm not as productive as I was when I'm super busy. So when I'm super busy, it's, it, it keeps me a lot more productive and a lot, I work best under pressure. So if I have yeah. a lot going on, then I can get a lot more done. Yeah. I, there's a fine balance for, for me where it's like, mm-hmm. you need to have enough going on that you just keep moving, but mm-hmm. then it gets to a point where you're, there's too much and then you're overwhelmed and just freeze. <laughs> Correct. That's how I work, at least. (laughs) But I'm with you. Like, I would rather be busy than bored any day of the week. Yeah, I don't know if there's ever bored in my world, but there is. uh, (laughs) Agreed. There is motivation days. There there are days if 
if I'm not in, in my little cubicle here, if I'm not in here by eight in the morning, it's, we're pretty much going to consider it a lost state because <laughs> there was a lot more I could have got done for sure. Yeah. So I saw too, in all of your free time that you wrote a book on taking care of hot tubs. I did. And that was just an on accident thing. I went to a video conferencing, how to do YouTube conference. And it was phenomenal. There was the best speakers there. There was Gary Vaynerchuk. There was Patrick Van David, just all these super motivational speakers. And Mm -hmm. there was like 30 of them. And every single person that was on that stage had written a book. And I was like, God, I should maybe write a book. And then I ran into this gentleman, he was about my age, and he had this little tiny contracting business that was on the side. And we had, oh gosh, a good hour and a half conversation. And I just, I really enjoyed his conversation. And Gary Vaynerchuk was going to be the next speaker. And so my purse was in the auditorium holding my seat. And he goes, hey, do you have a card? I'm like, no, I don't. I said, do you have one? And he says, no, I don't have a card, but here you can have one of my books. And he goes, here's my book. And then you can use that for all my information's in there. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I read it front to cover on the plane ride home. It wasn't a very big book. It was all about contracting. Not, it had nothing to do with hot tubs, but it was yeah. all about contracting. And I'm like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen anybody do is they handed me a book to remember who they were. And then there's the, I, the next chapter is don't have a business card, write a book. Oh. And I was, I was like, okay. And so I actually started writing a book and I, I was thinking the sales floor at the time. I was starting to write a book that I was going to hand out to people just to remember Jackie, the hot tub lady of this, here's this book if, and you would take it home and it would explain why you want to buy a hot tub. As I was writing the book, I really didn't want to write the book. I wanted to just recreate the book, if that makes sense. And so I kept trying to steal it and there was nothing (laughs) out there. There was nothing out there to steal. And the more I got into it and the more books I read about hot tubs and how to take care of them, they were so hard to understand and they just really difficult to read. And again, that that foreign language, they were written for you and me, people in the industry, they mm-hmm. weren't written for customers. And so my book transformed into an easy way to take care of, to take care of a hot tub. It did transform and then now it's done really incredibly well and I've won a ton of awards with it, but it came so far from what I originally had sure. set it up to do. So I want to write another one, but that's how life goes. And we'll, yeah. we'll see if I get to that. I'm also in the process of creating a course for hot tub owners, but a, a lots of little projects, but I got to finish something in there at some point. Uh, no, I understand. The ideas are always more, there's always more ideas than time. At least that's how yes. it, it seems to be for me. <laughs> for sure. Then when you start getting into them, then they consume me and then that's the only thing I want to focus on. And then I got Yes. You got to keep going on everything else. So yeah, that absolutely. It. Absolutely. I think my team hates it because sometimes I'm just like, I'm not writing any stories. I want to do these other things. They're just like, but <laughs> correct. <laughs> still do some of your other job too. That would be great. <laughs> so what kind, well, of, what kind of awards has, has your book won? I'm, I'm, uh, and also tell us the title of your book too. So the title of the book is Hot Tub Clarity, An Easy Guide for New and Frustrated Hot Tub Owners. And I just go into how to take care of a hot tub as a brand new owner. And it's, it is very beginner level. I've sold a ton of them and people really enjoy it. But it's just, it's easy to understand. And I think that's what people are enjoying about it. Probably the biggest award I've won on it is the BookFest Award. That was huge. I actually made it onto Times Square Garden. They put it on a, on the billboard there. Yeah, I think I saw that. I saw that picture probably on Instagram or something. Or, yeah, or I think Instagram or LinkedIn, Facebook. LinkedIn, right? <laughs> yeah, somewhere. You got to promote that. Absolutely. That's super and cool. Yeah. So there's actually been, I've won five awards on that. Um, and I should have had that all pulled up ahead of time, but it's, um, I can send you the links to the words, awards yeah. that I have, but there's been, I never in a mill, I don't consider myself a writer. I'm, and if you could, Tom and Rachel and everybody would laugh their tails off if, cause I am the world's worst speller. And if you check out any of my stuff, there is always some bad spelling on there, but I never in a million years thought I would write a book. And then for it to turn into an award-winning book, I would have, it's it's just been mind-blowing and it's been yeah. really fun. And the best part about it is it's just been, it's been great because it's helping people. It's answering questions for people. And again, like you're saying, people don't want to pick up the phone and call 
and the amount of people that have, have read the book and the thank yous I've gotten on that have just been huge. And then, of course, I wrote, made the log books to go along with that. I probably should figure out how to make an app because people want to be digital anymore on that. They don't necessarily want a, a book to keep track of all that, but the log books are doing well as, as well. So they're all available on Amazon, but it's it's been a good thing. That's really cool. I feel like for all of the writing that I have done, I like a, a book is a bucket list item for me. Like sometime it would be great to write a book. Or maybe I just put together all the articles into something and call it a book. <laughs> and you should. And it's, right. um, I, and I got a lot of help. I hired a lot of people to help with it. I hired editors, so many editors. <laughs> no, that's what you do. Nothing goes out into the world that I have written that someone else has not looked at first. That's right. No, even if you are a quote unquote writer, if you're a good writer, you have a good editor. <laughs> and yeah, I had four, three or four different editors and then you have to hire someone to design it and someone mm -hmm. to lay it out. And it's, it was not an inexpensive project. It was, yeah. I, I put quite a bit of money into it, but I'm so glad I did it. And it's, it has been a life-changing thing that I've done. And again, I do need to write the book that I originally intended to, to write and why you should buy a hot tub. Yeah, And I've started it, but it's, again, it's lo lots of other projects going on. I, under I understand. So I'm surprised because I honestly thought that you had been doing all of this, the YouTube. I knew the podcast was a little bit newer. I honestly thought that you had been doing it for longer because I think I have known of the hot tub lady for a long time. And I don't know why. I just well, how long have you been the the quote unquote hot tub lady? Because I feel like I have known who you are for longer than 2018 or 19. <laughs> yeah. So about 2003 is when I first started calling myself the hot tub lady. Okay. And that was just some radio commercials, the local radio station and I were I was buying the marketing that was out there and they're like, oh, you yeah. just need to put out these little tidbits on why you need a hot tub. And this is back in 2003 when all you did was radio and TV. Yeah. And so I just started calling myself the hot tub lady then. So it's I've been around as the okay. hot tub lady for a while, but I didn't really turn it into a side gig until I had to. If yeah, that no, makes that makes a lot more sense because I was just thinking, I, no, I've known of the hot tub lady way longer than that. <laughs> so that makes sense now. Yeah, and I've... I've, I try to network as much as I can. I think that's really important, just the friends that you make over the years and the stuff that you learn from other people. I think that's a really big deal. And and the Hot Tub Lady was just such an easy name yeah. and made it easy for people to remember me. And yeah. at the time, it was, about, it was about selling hot tubs. It wasn't about educating people. It was about mm -hmm. selling hot tubs. It just, it was an easy thing for people because back then nobody had a hot tub person. And yeah. I, 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 I still think that's the case. Nobody has a hot tub person, but there are more and more people starting to embrace the marketing and promoting of themselves. And I think that's great. And it's the ones that are doing it well are doing extremely well. Yeah. So you, you were doing the personal branding before people were doing personal branding. <laughs> oh, way before. I, I read a book way back. Oh, gosh, it was probably in the late early 80s with my previous job. And it was it's so irrelevant right now, but I think it was called Guerrilla Marketing something like oh, that. That, and, that. Those guerrilla marketing books, I think when I started, even when I started in the industry in 2008, people were still talking about them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So between guerrilla marketing and Gary Vaynerchuk, I was just like, there's no other way around this. You have yeah. to do this. And it's, I'm again, I just, I love doing it. I love being recognized when I'm out in public. I'm not, again, this industry is so small in the scope of things, but right. when people be like, aren't you the hot tub lady? And it'd be like, yeah, I just... It's just fun because yeah. I know how small it really is. And then so if people actually get to see it, it's pretty neat, especially if I'm outside of the store in an airport or something like that. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. No, that's really great. And how fun that people do recognize you and they know you as a hot tub lady. That's amazing. Yeah. It's not like I'm a famous person or anything. Oh, but... no, I, I, under, I know. I understand. My my children, they're four and eight, so they're pretty little still. They they think that since I have a podcast that I am famous. And so right? they'll sometimes they'll be like, they'll say things at the dinner table and it'll be like, mom, because you're famous, right? And it's no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun what kids say. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So now I have to tell this other story because it just cracked me up. Our four-year-old, we're at the dinner table and or no, school was canceled because of the weather. And right. so she's, mom, 
do you think you could just call your boss and tell him that we're just having a, a girl's day? And I go, honey, I am the boss. And she just, and she, her face, she went, what? <laughs> You're the boss? And it's, yep. And let me tell you, that does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. But yeah, that's but so she, awesome. But it was so funny. You just see her little brain explode that mom was the boss. And then she, as soon as my husband got home, she said, daddy, did you know that mom's the boss? <laughs> He's like, oh, I sure did in more ways than it was oh, amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. But, if that only meant what you, what they thought it meant. Oh, if, could that please mean what they think it means? That would be great. Or I just get right. to control everything and everything goes the way that I want it to all the time. Exactly. And you don't have to work three times as hard and oh. all, the, all the things. Yeah, exactly. Mom, you're the boss. So you can just hang out with me the rest of the day and not do any work, right? That's You, you can do whatever you want. And it's definitely not. Because it's going to get done if you don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about We're there. probably a good uh, 10 or 12 years away from her understanding that. So we touched on it, but now that the cat's out of the bag a little bit, I, we should talk about the IQ system a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so what can you explain to our audience what it does? I hope so. What the IQ system does is it works in conjunction with the SALT system and it is connected to the control panel and it's actually going to test your water for you. So not only is it going to create its own sanitizer, it's now going to test the water and it's going to give you recommendations of what you need to do to fix your water. And if I could tell you anything that goes on with the salt system and the things that people struggle with is their water gets out of balance. And once their water gets out of balance, then you have problems. So this is just going to solve so many issues on so many levels. And it's just been needed so bad for so long that it's going to, you have a smart hot tub now that is going to test your water and that has never existed before. It's been the holy grail of water care, like what we've all been waiting for, right? Because you knew this was going to come eventually. So I spent a lot of time in Las Vegas in November talking to the Watkins people about this. Right. And just hearing, this is not an easy thing to create. It is very no. difficult, which is why it doesn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. I think as a consumer or someone who is not involved in manufacturing, in any way, shape or form, I think you're like, you've got all the parts, like you've got things that test water and you've got things that connect to your the controller and your phone, like just put them together and it should be. Obviously, it is incredibly more difficult and complicated than that. And it is finally here. And it's just, I'm not sure I have been this excited about a hot tub product in a very long time. Oh, for sure. And being on the sales floor. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have salespeople excited about this, this is game changer. This is absolutely going to, this is what everybody has been wanting. Yes. And when I've been working with a lot of aftermarket companies, like I work with iCare and I've tested Sutro, yeah. I've done Crystal, I've done all those things. Everybody wants my opinion on how things work. Yeah. And I cannot wait to get my hands on this Watkins one just because it's integrated into the system and it is just going to, it's built for saltwater. Mm -hmm. And that is, and the fact that the salt system is inside the hot tub and I, it's, it is literally, it's changing the whole way everything's going to be done. And I cannot yeah. wait to wait for it to get out on the floor. And yeah. I know that's in by the time this comes out, we should be live and up and running with them. And it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. I I try to stay away from talking about specific products mm -hmm. on the podcast. We're brand agnostic at Spa Retailer, right? But I think if you are in the hot tub industry, like this is something that we have all been waiting for. And if it's coming out to a brand that's competing with yours, yes, that's a bummer. But it also it also means that it's closer to your brand also. Exactly. It. And so it's to my knowledge, this is the first we've ever seen of something like this. I will say that. And then there will be someone so-and-so has been doing. To my knowledge, <laughs> this is the first ever, the first that we've ever seen of something like this that is interesting integrated into the control panel that tests the water for you and tells you what to do with the information. But it just, it, it is coming for everybody else. Like this, oh, is, exactly. this is what we've been waiting for, what we've been wanting. And it's finally, it is a tangible reality in our industry. And it's just, just it's so, oh, yeah. well, obviously I'm talking about it. You can tell I'm excited. This is, I'm, again, I don't talk about products as, as much as I can help it. And so, but here we are talking about a product because I think it will change our industry. Oh, I think I've, so I've been doing this for a long time and I've drank a lot of Kool-Aid over the years of things that are going to work and things that aren't going right. to work. And 
the one thing I could tell you is Watkins doesn't release anything unless they think it's going to work or they know it's going to work. I've I've had some concerns just because I have tested a lot of this aftermarket stuff yeah. and I've had concerns. I'm like, if it's in part of the hot tub, are people going to be like, if it doesn't work or if it, if their hot tub's cloudy one time, is that going to be the fault of the hot tub? Just like anything, there is going to be a learning curve with it and we're going to have to figure that out and the consumer's going to have to figure that out. And I think one of the biggest reasons that this hasn't come out any sooner is there's so many, everybody's water is different everywhere around the world. Yeah. And the way I tell someone to treat a saltwater hot tub in South Dakota versus the way I tell someone to treat a saltwater hot tub in Minnesota couldn't be further apart. They're, they're two very different ways to do yeah. that. But from what I understand, this technology is going to be able to handle all those situations. It's going to be able to say, okay, hey, you've got really hard water and we need to, we've got to fix that to make this salt system work. And so it's going to give you the recommendations or at least some or some ideas on how, what you need to do to make this salt system work better. And yeah. salt's amazing if you keep your water balanced. It is, I am so excited for this. Yeah, I am too, obviously. And we will do... Um, a podcast just on this system. Um, I'm hopefully going to be recording that next week. And so we've got an article about it in our next issue. Like it's where we'll have for a while, it's going to be all IQ. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, for sure. And how can it not be? So yeah, I'm very excited for it. And it's going to be, it is going to be a game changer. It just, they have... I know there's been other companies try it, but I think they got it under control and where yeah. it's patented and they went through, they've got the, they've got the resources to do the R and D. And I think that's the difference that they have that nobody yeah. else has. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. There's like that. I feel like that cannot be understated, right? Even you need that support and it just takes mm -hmm. a lot of capital and time and money and resources to come out with something like this. And yeah, very excited to get to see it in person, very excited to see it in action, excited to yes. see a year and a half from now what we're saying about it. <laughs> exactly. I am. I'm super excited. And the first round of salt that, that Watkins came out with wasn't a home run, but they got there. Yeah. And I think they're well on their way. I don't think we're going to have see some of the things that we've seen in the past. I, yeah. I really think they know what they're looking at. And I'm oh so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Pretty pumped around here, too. When you think about the hot tub lady and the the brand that you've built and the the products that you're putting out to help out hot tub owners, what do you think? What do you see the future holding for that? You've already talked about a few things that you're working on, but where would you like the hot tub lady to be in five years? Uh, I'd just like to keep helping people. That's probably the number one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to get to the point where. I could have this as a standalone business where I could maybe have a little more free time. It's always the dream. Sure. Uh, so if I can get to the point where that course is taken off, I do think there's a huge need for the course. Again, when we were talking about people don't like to pick up the phone, they don't, I, I do some consulting calls and I do several a week, but I think if people could just be like, oh, I can hit this button and get the whole course. I do mm -hmm. think that I'll sell even more of those versus the consulting calls. And I'd like it to continue to grow and become a source of information for everybody, dealers and owners alike. Yeah. I think that's, I'd like to keep moving it forward. And it's the thing about it is it's so much fun. I just love doing it. And when you create something that, that just pops off. And I know you've had some articles that, that people just love or Google analytics are like, oh, this is the one. And it just right. keeps, keeps. It's never the one you think it's going to be either. <laughs> it, it's never the one you think it's going to be. But when you have something go viral, it is, it's just an absolute blast. And I, that's probably the goal. So I just want to keep going viral. That's what makes it fun. Do you remember the first hot tub that you sold? The first, so the first hot tub I sold for myself yeah. Was a Caldera Niagara. Okay. And we just opened our brand new store. Literally, I don't even think we were officially open yet. And it was one of my husband's previous customers and he wanted to be the first customer we ever had. Oh, that's and, really sweet, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the coolest thing. And, and the story gets better. But it was the coolest thing ever. He came in, he bought this Niagara. I, he traded in his former hot tub and great customer. And, and we had a great time with our business for a while. And 
then when we had to shut down, he wanted to make sure he was our very last customer. And he sat in the showroom on our closing day with a bottle of test strips in his hand to make sure that he was the very last customer we ever had. And to this day, that still just breaks my heart because he was just, he was such a great guy. And I think that's what I love about this industry is you create relationships with people. It's not just, it's not just you're selling, it's not a transaction. You actually create relationships. And I know I interviewed, I believe Mike Dunn at one, no, it was Steve Hammock. And he's, it's like you enter into a contract or like a marriage with someone when you sell them a hot tub. (laughs) And it's so true because it's not just something you buy online. It's something that you have to help them through and you get to see them enjoy and grow and change their lives. And so that's why selling hot tubs is is something I don't think I could ever give up. Yeah. That's amazing. That's probably the best first hot tub story I've heard. So (laughs) it's, it's still, I almost teared up during that because it just, he just, he's such a great guy. He, He was such, such an awesome guy. What was your first real job? My first real job was washing dis- dishes at the restaurant that my mom waited tables at. Oh, um, it was a Mexican <laughs> food restaurant. And I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot. I learned yeah. that you don't get to be late and you got to show up to work. And when your mom works for the same business that you do, the expectations are a little bit higher. I would imagine so. No, that's good. There's a little added pressure there for sure. There as far is. as you can't act like it's your first job <laughs> and make for those sure. first job mistakes. <laughs> and it's funny because my son works for Combined Pool and Spa now too. And he, he's phenomenal now. He's one of our most reliable go-to guys that just finishes everything. But when he first started working for us, it, the pressure was on. You don't get to do that. But so-and-so, uh-huh. I don't care. You don't get to do that. So yep. it was um, expectations are high when you work with family. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like it's been a very long time since I've had a new job. But every new job that I have ever had, within the first two weeks, I will do something stupid. <laughs> I'll like, I'll for, I'll screw up the dress code and wear the wrong shoes or I'll misread the schedule and not show up. Just yeah. every single job, I have had something stupid like that happen. And, and I have never been fired and it's always worked out. But I just feel like there is something about that first two week period mm-hmm. where, you know, just something's going to go wrong and I'm and it's going to be embarrassing. And they're going to be like, oh, dear, what have we done? <laughs> But I also think that as someone who trains and hires people, I also think that's actually, I I want that to happen because I want to see how they handle it when they're corrected. And it it tells you a lot in in that first two weeks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So do you have a worst idea or product, something that you have done either with the hot tub lady or as working in the hot tub industry that just bombed for you? The one that comes to mind, I don't know if it's the one we should talk about, but the one that comes to mind is when I was selling uh, hot springs and they were trying to, this is a long time ago, they were trying to do automated chemical systems and it was a biguanide at the time uh-huh. and it just, it bombed and <laughs> and I, I was very young and very naive at that point in, in the world and I had promised so many people so many things. Oh dear. And, and this is the end all be all. You're never going to have to do anything again. And and then I had to eat my words on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, just, Definitely not the first or the last salesperson who has had to do that. <laughs> and it's so I've learned to not sugarcoat stuff and tell people what they want to hear. That was probably the biggest lesson that that I got from that. Yeah. And just be real honest and be like, hey, this is new. We're hoping for this. And just be really honest with them. And it's just, yeah. it's made such a difference again, that goes back to that relationship and people appreciate it and not oversell it. So yeah, that's, that would, that's the one that when I first read the question, I'm like the biggest one. And I just remember <laughs> that's the one that hit that, that one cost me money. So I think that's why <laughs> that one, I think that's why that one hurt so bad. But Yeah, that would hurt. So do, what, what would you say is the best idea that you've, or biggest game changer that you've tried? That ended up better than you could have imagined. I think the freshwater IQ is going to be the biggest game changer. <laughs> I really do. But in the biggest game changer, I'm going to say 
honestly, it's probably just like diving into this whole media company that I've created, just yeah. doing it. Just, I've got workmates that are like, oh, I can't believe you're doing a podcast and make fun of just every little thing. And, but as I get more comfortable with it and the more I've done it, I just, I, I, it doesn't bother me. I think people, if they see me mess up or they see me do something that that's a little silly or something, I think that just makes me human. And I think mm -hmm. people actually enjoy it more. And I think just the fact that I decided to, to go with this and go with it as deep as I have and what that's turned into just as in general on the sales floor, but just now that I have this whole side gig, that is going to turn into something. And it's every day it grows a little bit and it's almost on autopilot. And I just think that's been one of the biggest things if yeah. they could give anybody advice is just do it. Just hit record or just hit start. Yeah. It's something that you just got to do. Post every single day, do something every single day and people will start watching and noticing. Yeah. I think when you're on the other side of it, I'm not sure that people realize in some respects, like the level of vulnerability it takes to put oh. yourself out there like that. Like it's hard. I, mm -hmm. if I had my way, you would never see my picture or hear my voice on anything. Like that would be, I'd be perfectly okay with that. <laughs> right. And it's so I don't think, I don't think people understand sometimes or they do, but they just think that you've got this, like some, I don't know if it's, if they think it's like ego or whatever it is that gets you to, to do these things, but it's not, there's it's so it's, far from that. Yeah. It's really about being willing to be vulnerable and being willing to fail in a very visible way. <laughs> yes. In, in, in an extremely visible way. And I've been extremely lucky as far as once I got past my internal circle of people criticizing or jabbing or whatever it would be, once I got past that, then the external circle and like when you talk about trolls and haters and that type of thing, I've been extremely lucky. I've had one or two here and there, but I typically don't have to deal with it in any way, shape or form because my group of people, that my followers handle it for me. It's just... Yeah. Which is totally awesome. That's it's great. just, they protect me and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome, but it's, it is scary. And every time you do something, you're like, oh, what are they going to say now? And it just, I think once you start doing it enough, you're so numb to it that you don't really, it doesn't, I never want to say it never bothers you, mm -hmm. but when you hear it from the same people over and over again, it's just, oh yeah. Yeah. So sure. They're never going to be satisfied. Pretty much every issue of the magazine, there is going to be something that somebody doesn't like. We're never, it's never going to be perfect. It's, it just is not, right. it's not possible. It will never be perfect. And yeah, at this point, after doing it for 15 years, like those kind of things tend to, they just roll off your back at this point. Cause it's, yeah, I know we messed yeah. up. That's surprise. Yeah. We're human. <laughs> for sure. But it's, it's, you just got to do it. And if you do mess up, you just got to do it again the next day. It's, it it yeah. works and people sometimes, you know, my most viral video ever is a TikTok and I talked about how hot tubs are for most people are what the, the third most expensive thing that you're ever going to buy. And if you think about the whole project, a lot of times that's the case. Boy, did people on TikTok want me to know otherwise. That oh. is not the third most expensive thing you're ever going to buy, okay. but it is the most viral video I've ever done. And <laughs> I was going to take it down, but I'm like, no, this is cool. No. And, yeah, because for a lot of people, I still think it would be the third most expensive thing. Like what else? You've got your home, your car and your education. I feel like a hot tub would be pretty close. Maybe your wedding, but you don't really buy a oh, wedding. There's, just go find it. It's There's hundreds of things that are more okay. expensive than a hot tub. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. I was quickly informed. But, oh, yeah. But again, but, I think that's, but yeah, that's great. Like you said, you just... I still think that's, I, th I still think that's an interesting video. Apparently, so do a lot of other people. It's Again, it's, it, it got out there. Clearly from talking to you, you do the research, you do study and watch and listen to things. So I'm curious if you have a favorite book or TV show, podcast, whether it's just for fun or to learn, what would be your favorite? Um, I love motivational books. So again, with my commute, I listen to a ton of books. Gary Vaynerchuk is good. I love one of the most motivational people that I've ever listened to is Marcus Sheridan. Oh yeah. And he, I actually saw him live at a Watkins event one time and that's when he was just getting started. He's somebody I look up to and I want to see what, if I can ever get to the level that he's at. Of course he's left the industry and now he's just doing his motivation on the side. So I really enjoy him. His 
The Visual Sale is one of my favorite books that he's done. As far as podcasts, I love listening to you, of course. And Dave Carlton always ex- it, um, excites me a little bit. The My favorite one right now is going to be the Kelsey Brothers, the Oh, I, I just started listening to that too. <laughs> I just, I absolutely love it. And I think it's just all, everything that's going on. Thank you, nope. Taylor Swift. You've, nope. you did put them on the map and I'm a football, I'm a football person. So Same. I was annoyed with all of this stuff, but I really enjoy that one. And uh-huh. again, we're going to start a new podcast with the Tom and Jeff over at Combined. And I want to, I'm learning from them on how to do it. How much fun they have on their podcast is Every time I listen to them, I'm like, why can't I be that loose? Why can't I just make it fun like that? And, yeah. And they're, I would say, probably my guilty pleasure at this point. Yeah, no, it is. It's a really fun podcast. They're number one for a reason. <laughs> it's like they're very enjoyable, fun to listen to a world that most of us don't get to peek into at all. And right. so, yeah, it's really great. I always like the, I don't know, I always think it's so interesting. Like when you're a fan of a sport, it's always so interesting when you get to hear things from the actual player's perspective right. and all those things that you, as a fan, you just don't know. You just have no idea. And then hear what they talk about in the locker room and contracts and all of that stuff. It's just, oh man, it's just very interesting. It is very much when I, yeah. I feel guilty when I'm not, when I'm listening to that, when I could be listening to other podcasts that motivate me or make me a better YouTuber or whatever the case may be. But sometimes you just need to unplug a little bit. Oh, and that's absolutely. one that allows me to do that. I feel like I always have a goal at the beginning of the year to read more motivational and business mm-hmm. books and those kinds of things. But you know what I usually end up reading is 100% fiction. <laughs> it's the most fun. For sure. That's the thing. It's, it's I read and write for a living. It's what I do most of my day. And just being able to do it for fun is just a real, it's a real treat for my brain. Right. I, I will get those other books in there, but I'm also going to hammer through about 50 fiction books in a year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm an audiobook listener, and same, so that's same. Uh, oh, I don't actually read any book. Let's I, be real. I, I, okay, good. <laughs> so no. I love the fiction books. Yeah. Um, especially the fun romance ones. Those are exciting when you're in the car. It makes my car ride go very quickly sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jackie, I can't believe it's taken us this long to do this. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it and keep up the good work. You're doing a great job. You're pushing the industry forward and that is a big deal. And we, it's awesome what you're doing for the industry and keeping people together. I appreciate that. We'll have to do this. We'll have to do this again. Don't be a stranger. We get the hot tub lady, the lady podcasters of the hot tub industry together more often. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We definitely need to do that. The Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa-retailer.com. Thanks for listening.